Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the Believe in Giants podcast with Giants legend Carl Banks and broadcaster Bob Papa. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Papa, two time Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Giants were in a bad way on Sunday in Dallas. I want to apologize ahead of time to everybody. I got this allergy attack all of a sudden. And for some reason, my right eye is like ridiculously irritated. I was going to put sunglasses on, but I felt that'd be rude. Uh, Carl, we've had a chance to digest it. Roll it around in our tumbler. They got injuries on defense. And man, what a mess that thing turned out to be. Yeah, Bob, it was a embarrassing loss to say the least. Um, injuries, you know, are what they are in this league. Um, but I just think this was by far the most embarrassing, uh, performance that I've, I've seen. Um, defensively, they just did not seem to be, and I, it's not, not even a matter of the players that went down to injury, but they just did not seem to be in sync whatsoever. Um, and I say that, and I'm not discounting uh, the great performance of C.D. Lamb, but Kid had one contested catch the entire game. He set a record, but he had the one-handed catch was the most contested catch he had all game. The rest, it seems like all the he between him and Brandon Cooks, they were running wide open, wide open. And I'm like, can you just cover, make it a little more difficult? Um, no pass rush. Um, and so this is an entire defensive failure. Um, you know, I'm sure Wink has to look in the mirror and say, and to his coaches as well, is there something we could have done better? Um, because, you know, you had a game plan, you know, you get two turnovers in the game and it doesn't even, doesn't even make register. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't even make a dent in, in, uh, it's like a pop fly in a blowout game. Right. And it's like, as a defense, they just did not play well. Um, not well enough. They just didn't play well. When you give up 600 plus yards, I think it's 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 one of those situations where everybody has got to look in the mirror. Offensively, offensively, um, I think you know trying to run between the tackles when uh, Dallas had a lot of big guys on uh, their front. And they had Michael Parsons playing as a traditional stack linebacker. Um, probably wasn't a good idea. I think when they got to their outside runs, they got to the outside run, and that's when things started to open up for the offense. But it's um, it, it this was just a colossal failure. Um, a third string quarterback. Um, you got. A lot of your offensive linemen back, but you just got exposed again for how bad you are in the middle of the offensive line 
on both sides of the center. Um, you know, I think it's fair when, when fans now are starting to look at the draft uh, and what the team needs to do to get better. Um, you know, it's great to imagine what the uh, first pick will be and you know, people want to make that change. But I think where you need to be is looking at where you need to get quality players beyond that position. Because no matter who you put at quarterback, whether they stay with the guy they have, Daniel Jones, or whether they draft a new kid, he's going to suck too. If you put him through with Daniel Jones and um, Tommy DeVito and Tyrod Taylor, if you put him through what they went through, it's going to be the same, folks. So, and the last um, five years of Eli's career, it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So what you need to do is finally get it right on the offensive line and get it right again as, at, at the offensive line as second-level players. So you need starters and you need second-level players. And you need to create as much competition as possible. So while um, everyone's trying to evaluate which top three quarterbacks are coming out, as Giants fans, invest some time in two positions, offensive line and defensive edge rusher. You do that and get you another de- a stud defensive lineman. Start. I want to see. I want to see my Twitter filled up with guys like Carl. Should we draft this guy as an offensive lineman? Should we draft this guy as a um, as as an edge rusher or as a defensive interior lineman? That's where you got to be. Oh, and by the way, you got to get a cornerback too. So. On one side, you got Deontay Banks. On the other side, you better you, – you, so all I'm saying, folks, I get it. It's fun, and you're in a losing spiral right now. So it's great to start talking about what the Giants need. They need a lot, but if you're looking at the quarterback position, he's going to suck until you get your offensive line right, whichever, yeah. whichever quarterback is out there. So you should probably start giving – you know, fill my timeline up with with offensive linemen, the best offensive linemen in college football, where they might land. Um, the Giants have got a lot of draft choices from some of their trades, right? I want to see those things in my timeline. Um, I'm I'm going to call my guy Dan Schneider out because he's, you know, their star, him and uh, Nick Pilato are starting to do a lot of their pre-draft stuff. So start to get me some offensive linemen. Give me a few edge rushers. Give me some corners, top corners. We know who the receivers are. We know who Marvin Harrison is. We know who um, the top three quarterbacks are. Like y'all, you know, have at it with that. But just note to selves, he's going to suck in a Giants uniform until they fix the offensive line. I mean, it doesn't matter. You could put, you know, any miracle worker back there you want and think he's going to make it happen. Your offensive line is bad. Your quarterback's going to be bad. Okay. Yeah. You, you can change coaches. They've had three coaches. Offensive line is bad. Quarterback has been bad. Simple as that. I got a message for our fans out there. Football's back. Bet online's your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with up to the minute stats, news scores, and matchup breakdowns. 
Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on stats, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoffs and Super Bowl, Bet Online is going to give you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. So head to the website today or use your mobile device. Get in. Yeah, I watched the offensive coaches tape yesterday at the facility and I kind of made the observation in a lot of ways. It was kind of hard to judge even what Danny DeVito was doing because there were just so Danny many DeVito. <laughs> I, yeah, to, Tommy DeVito. Uh, there were, he there was, that would love Tommy and Tommy's yeah. parents. I swear, I'm, I'm watching this and he didn't have a chance on a bunch of plays. They had max protection and a two-man route, and the Cowboys had man coverage on the outside on the two men, and they had linebackers and safeties in the middle of the field, and the Giants kept everybody in to protect, and his back foot wasn't even hitting, and he was dodging people. And yeah, it's eight like to block five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how in the world can you take, you know, fans, oh, they got to take some deep shots. How can you take a deep shot in order to take a deep shot? You actually have to take a deep drop to allow the guy yeah. to get somewhat downfield. Yeah. And if you can't take a deep drop, you can't take a deep shot. And I'm I'm watching some other plays where he's getting hit or avoiding people before the receivers are even halfway into their route. So we could talk about their receivers not getting open. They certainly have to upgrade that position as well. But, you know, I again, it's hard for a receiver to catch the ball when he's not even out of his route and his back's to the quarterback, and the quarterback's already scrambling, running, or ducking. Yeah, it's, uh, again, folks, you can pick whatever, whoever you fancy uh, behind Cinder, uh, whether it's Daniel or someone else. He's going to suck until you get your offensive line fixed. And, you know, Instead of debating with me whether a guy is allowed to cry after a game and sit in his mother's arms after a game, go give, give me a list of the top offensive linemen, guards especially. Uh, give me those. Give me a list of the top ed, t- Debate those things, right? I want to know who the edge rusher who's going to help. Who's the the stud interior uh, lineman who's going to help the Giants. Don't give me, well, he'll be a value pick. And the value picks in the draft for the Giants are not what they need. They need guys who you can say he's projected to be good, he will be good. Don't give me like, oh, we, we found him in the sixth round. Yep, great. Um, what was Matt Perp drafted? Third round. Okay. So give me some guys that can actually play, Right. Um, and give me a lot of them because this is, this is, um, this Dallas game, you know, uh, kind of highlighted, you know, when you lose a key player or two, it just gets worse for you. But it's also, it just shows you that your depth is just depth. And it's basically special teams players. You've got to get better depth. 
um, at every position. With Dory Jackson out, you know, Cordell Flott's in there and there's nothing behind him, right? You just got special teams players. Um, yeah, it's time. Like, look forward. Um, it's spiraling. I still, I you know, I don't think that this team or these players will give up on their season. Um, I think these coaches have to continue to do a better job of, of getting these guys ready and, you know, just assessing the talent level of, of, of what's being put on the field. Um, especially, you know, on the defensive side, I think Wink has to now look and see, okay, this is my personnel grouping. Got to rein it play in. man with this. Got to rein it in. We got to yeah, well, rein it well, it's not even about a matter of raining it in. It's it's what's available at what time, right? So you go into the game with one idea, and um, you get a lot of injuries, so you just can't run the same stuff. No, you gotta, you know, you gotta tailor it now. But I think wink. I would never, I would never say rain it in, wink. Because he's just too good of a coach. Uh, he's an aggressive coach, is what you need. Um, but I think in-game adjustments, just based on what we saw, were missing. Like 600 yards. And you're not – like there's one play with C.D. Lamb where he runs through your entire defensive backfield, starting with linebackers, nickelback, safety. They all just play tag with him. And he just – Nobody got nobody even thought to cover the guy. They just like touched him, touched him, touched him like they were all passing him on to the next guy. And he just runs right through you and catches the football. That can't happen. Right? So where's the adjustment to that? Where who's communicating in, in this defense? Like when you're putting a lot of guys in there, and that's the thing. If you're gonna call a defense, everybody's got to make sure that they're on the same page. Yeah. And that's the um you know, that's the one part that, that Wink has to make sure of, and that starts during the week, right? And his plan B is not plan A. You know, when you got guys who are not used to playing, um, you gotta make sure that they're on the same page as everyone else on the field. But you know, I, I don't know, you know, what rein it in means to a guy like Wink Martindale. I think he's too good of a coach. He's an aggressive coach, but he just has to, you know, just got to figure out how to make sure these guys are all on the same page. Yeah. It like, was embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, it was, and, and they, they gave up, you know, rushing yards. They gave up big plays. I mean, they gave up six pass plays of over 30 yards. They've already given up more pass plays of over 30 yards this year than they did the entire year last year. They gave yeah. up 14 and last year. They gave up, they've already given up 15. Yeah. And that is, okay, um, if we want to talk, well, is it weak or is it personnel? I mean, defense came into the season. They upgraded. No different the than the offense. They did, but not much. You know, they upgraded the linebacker. You can see what the upgrades are, Right. They are still overhauling this roster, not just one side, but this roster. They're they're overhauling it. So um, you're just starting, you know, you're seeing holes. You, you know, one guy goes down and he's not even, you know, 
the most elite player, if he goes down, then what's behind him is not great. You know, yeah, so no. go ahead. Oh, no. It's, and the same thing holds true, you know, on the other side of the ball. Like everyone's complaining about that fourth and two call. You, know, you go and you watch it. Tommy DeVito is reading the guy crashing off the edge. So he can't throw the ball to Paris Campbell. By the time he turns to throw it to Campbell, he's probably going to get blasted. Gives it to Saquon. And it was bl- like it was, you know what? It was there. It, it looked worse on mm-hmm. TV. But when you looked at the coaches tape from the high end zone, but it's one guy not doing his job properly, because if yeah. if the left guard gets a better initial hit on the D lineman, Pew's in position to block him, and then he climbed to the next level, there was a path there for Saquon. And everybody's yeah. like, I can't believe they ran that play on fourth and two. Like, why that play? It was actually there to be had. They just yeah. didn't execute it. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I, I, I look, folks, I, I'll say this, you know, we are looking at bad football. We're looking at a bad football team. Um, I still expect these players to go out and compete and win the games that they should win. Um, again, Washington's in their weight class. Don't go out there and embarrass yourself. Um, there are a few left on this, on this schedule that are in the weight class. New England, then they have New England after that. They have Green Bay. The Saints are no great shakes. They got to play the Rams. I mean, obviously, they got two games yeah. against the Eagles. We know how that story plays out. But yeah, just <laughs> don't go and embarrass yourself. You know, um, you're fighting in your weight class. Go out and show that you can win the games in your weight class. I'm, Simple as that. And I'm I'm pulling for Tommy DeVito here. Um and I'm, I think they'll play better this week. I really do believe they're going to play better. He's this getting week. better and better, man. Look, he. Uh, I think they're all going to play better this place. week. This personal pride, well, shit, Carl. They better. What, Carl, what, you what, know what it's what like. Is your, what option do you have? Uh, you said they're going to play better this week. What, what option do you have? Give up eight hundred this this week? <laughs> you know, go for negative thirty yards in in the run game. I mean, what? <laughs> what else, what else option do you have? You're a goddamn pro, so you know you got to play like it. It's simple, man. It's and and that's my expectation. I'm not gonna bite my tongue on this. Like shit. Like don't go out and embarrass yourself. You know, represent your uniform. So yesterday, I'm in the cafeteria uh, after we taped the Coach Dable show, and uh, Daniel Jones walks in. Mm-hmm. So I start chatting with him for a while. Happy to report his spirits are up. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit about the surgery and, you know, the time frame. And here's the thing about Daniel Jones. Um, I was we were talking with it was by Don Sperling, our boss and myself and Daniel Jones were talking. <laughs> and. Daniel's actually asking us about knee surgeries. Like, did you guys ever have knee surgery? Like, you know, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I had mine done by Dr. Rodeo at hospital for special surgery. I said, it, you know, how was the, he's like, how was the recovery time? I said, Daniel, I had a meniscus. I at 56 years of age. I had a meniscus in three months. I was up and moving around running pretty good. Not as a pro athlete. He goes, no, that's just good to know. He goes, I know I got a long road ahead, but he was so like, Upbeat, and he's because I listen. I never tore my ACL, 
So I don't know. I, like, what am I giving him advice on? But I was amazed at how upbeat he was with the journey that he's got to go against, what, what he's up against. But he was really yeah, super listen, positive. There are too many um, proven case studies, especially at athletes at his level. Did Colin Murray uh, last recovering night, uh, from, or this weekend? Yeah. He was running around and like crazy. Had, <laughs> Colin Murray had a total knee, I believe. Uh, yeah, he had a bad one. I think he had a he had a he total not, knee. He had two or three different ligaments. I think Daniel Jones is just an ACL, so I think he's you know he'll be fine. Daniel Jones is going to be fine, and you know uh, he can speak to a lot of people around the league and see how they've come back from these things. So he's going to re- be fine. Happy to report, he was very uh, upbeat, and you know just he was Daniel Jones. He's as consistent a dude as they get. Good guy. Yeah. I got into yeah. a Twitter rabbit hole last night, Carl. I don't really know how I wound up there. But I was thinking about the injuries to quarterbacks and how many rookies have started and, you know, some the most in like 20 years or whatever it was. Yeah. So I just sent out a tweet. I'm like, you know, it's really amazing what Eli Manning was able to accomplish having ne- never missed a game due to injury. Um, you know, carrying the the and you throw on the twelve post games, uh, post seasons, mm-hmm. and it's I think the number was two hundred and forty eight games. Wow, it's, you know, start. That's important, and it's important. And somehow I got like swept. Then it became like, you know, well, Eli and Peyton, the style they played, they avoided a bunch. You know, they didn't take the big hits and. Favre played hurt a lot. And I was like, whoa, whoa, timeout. Eli played hurt a lot too. Like with yeah. the collarbone in 07 or the plantar fasciitis or probably a million other things. And Eli had told me the story. He's like, I didn't want to miss a game because of my offensive lineman, because I would see what those guys are doing training camp two a days and all this other stuff. And he said, I owed it to my offensive line who were banging heads from the first day of training camp in two-a-days and Mm -hmm. grinded every day in practice and the rest of my team to do everything I could to be in the training room round the clock if I had to to try to get ready to play a game and be there for my teammates. That was his motivation. And here's the thing. When people say that, well, they played a different style, here's, here's the thing, folks. Whose fault is that? Right? You've got more quarterbacks missing games in this league and the most important position on the field is the quarterback position. So if they're missing games, then you basically are re refiguring your offense for every game. These kids are out and this look, um, the rules, the rules are set up to be more protective of quarterbacks. But once the quarterback is out of the pocket, you know, he's not protected. Or if you got a shitty offensive line, they're not protected. But um, healthy quarterbacks are the key to success in this league. Simple as that. You can't treat a quarterback missing two or three games like you can any other position. Right. You're scrambling. Because his backup, I mean, the guy who's the starter is the elite on your team. His backup is not. If his backup was any fucking good, he'd be a starter on another team. Simple as that. And 
So when you lose a guy for three or four games, it sets you back. So your goal as an organization is to keep your quarterback healthy for 16 games. How do you do that? It varies depending on what your makeup is. But your offensive line is better be intact and you better move heaven and earth to get that done. Um, your play calling, whatever it takes to protect your quarterback. Because once, if you look at Joe Burrow, once he went down um, with that calf deal, things started to change in the way they were calling the plays, how they were using him until he could get healthy. He was making smarter decisions. Josh Allen, same thing. Not as reckless running the football. Yeah, they lose games, but you have a better chance to win when he's in there than when he's not. It's just that simple. Yeah, so this this whole Twitter thing got hijacked because it tur- it turned for- <clears throat> fortunately, Lawrence Tynes jumped in and he said, you guys have no idea what that guy played through. Like he pl- he was hurt a lot and he played through it. So that kind of muted that. But then it became like a McAdoo thing and then it became a Gettleman thing and then it became a Mara thing. And then it became a Chris Mara thing, making draft picks and all <laughs> all this other stuff. And I'm down this rabbit hole and I'm like, and then there was then then I, I think Ralph Vacchiano or someone had a story out there that, hey, despite the fact that the Giants might have a high draft pick, they might not take a quarterback. You know, and then it became Mara's going to force them to keep Daniel Jones because Daniel Jones is a lot like Eli. And we saw what he did with Eli and we saw how they forced they would only hire people that were, were agreed to keep Eli Manning. I'm like, what the that this all started as an Eli Manning appreciation post for not missing the game due to injury. Right. And somehow it got into Chris Mara, Tim McDonald, John Mara, and them making draft picks over the GM's head. And I'm like, what the you guys are nuts. Well, first of all, it doesn't happen that way. But secondly, now, th- listen, there is a fan. There is a percentage of the fan base that it doesn't matter what you tell them. On the chats that they're on, these yeah. public chats, these forums, they d- you can't convince them of what reality is. They are they are a well, thousand percent certain that that's the way the thing goes. If well, they only knew some to, of the conversations we had, yeah, yeah, and big shout out to uh, Big Blue Interactive. I haven't been on there in a while, but that's well, one of the forums where a lot of a lot of things. Things go get floated out there and people go back and forth on that. Now that's now they have Twitter spaces for that now, but Big Blue Interactive shout out because they used to host a lot of that. Oh my god, it still lives there. It's it's still yeah. lives. I mean it's unbelievable. Anyway, I, I, I had to stop. I had to put the phone down. I had to stop because it's just people are not they they're yeah. gonna then immediately nail you and say, Well, you're on the payroll for the family and Oh Mar- you're a mirror mouthpiece. You yeah, are okay. a mirror mouthpiece. If you, if people only knew some <laughs> of the conversations that you and I have had with with John about oh, the football team. So I gotta stop I'm off that. I'm not getting into it anymore. Fans are gonna believe what they want to believe. If you want to watch this podcast and join us, we're gonna try to give you some education. Yeah. As best we can. Uh we talk to the head coach every you know, every week intimately, not just interview him. 
uh, or around the building, all that other stuff. We're just trying to give you, and, and we're not privy to a lot of stuff either. Like Joe Shane's not going to ask us what we think of who was ever in the draft. Um, but we do talk to them and we try to share whatever we can uh, with our audience. So take it, leave yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think, you know, things we we have we have stuff that we love sharing with you guys that we're we're able to share with you and um we want to be informative right um and you know if you want to follow up with some of this obviously we're here on twitter but we don't necessarily I, i'll engage every once in a while because i i have fun and i get bored every once in a while but um let me ask you a question bob I, I yeah, please. To rest. I need to put this to rest. As a, you've been, since our kids have been young, you've been a sports parent. Mm-hmm. At any point at a game, whether it's your kids or somebody else's, yeah. after a tough loss, after a tough loss, have you ever seen a kid run into his parents' arms? Yeah. Oh, damn. So it's not unique. I, as a, <laughs> I've been a, I've been, obviously our kids are, are similar in age, but as a sports parent, you would think that the outside world would, would understand the emotion that goes into sports. I don't give a fuck. Listen to me, folks. I don't give a fuck if a kid paints his nails at this point because that's that's a whole nother situation. And if he can ball his ass off, nobody else will care. But don't don't come at a kid if he had a tough loss and he goes and he cries. That game was over with, right? He didn't cry in his mama's arm after he threw an interception. He wasn't looking in the stands after he made a bad play. Stop with the bullshit because if you had a kid who was feeling a certain way after a game, you'd hug him too. So you fucking phony ass people talking about what you know what you wouldn't do and he needs to keep that in the locker room. No, emotion is emotion. And I'm I'm pretty emotional about this because I've had kids, other people's kids, my kids, after a tough loss, if you want to cry in my arms, come on. Don't I, I that you know, and I'm as tough as they come, and I've had my share of cries after games too. But don't don't try to legislate a kid's emotion. They're fucking kids. It's right? jealousy, Carl. whether he's 21 or not. The camera just happens to be on him. But go to any local high school, any local elementary, even a small college. After a tough loss, you'll see that more often than not. And sports parents know. And I and they identify with this. I know they do. But you other macho, non-kid having, coaching, playing, or if you maybe you are that parent who kicks his kid back onto the field, get the fuck on the field. You're not supposed to cry. Is that what you do? I'm sorry, folks. I had to let that. Yeah, out. I'm glad I, you got that off your chest. And you know what, Carl? It's tough I, as a sports I, parent because I, I feel for these kids, man. The re- the reason why he's getting he got slammed for that, this is my take on it. The reason why he's getting ripped for that is pure jealousy. And what I mean by that is 
he is one of the rare collegiate athletes that's making NIL money and doing it publicly. Like there's a lot of kids making NIL money, but it's not as public. Might be a local car dealer or whatever. He's on national TV commercials. Yeah. And there is just some people that resent it. And because he's out there front and center, they're looking for anything and everything to try to tear this kid down. Yeah. I mean, you're a hundred percent right. This is, I've seen a lot of college events, all oh, NCAA tournament, basketball, whatever. Someone loses a touch, kid's crying. All right, like fine. It's we're not robots. The world's not filled right. with robots. Right. Oh, and, uh, well, he shouldn't paint his nail. Well, Dennis Rodman painted his nails 30 fucking years ago, and I don't think anybody, if we want to talk about Boomer, okay, Boomer, uh, that generation, my generation, nobody gave a fuck whether Dennis Rodman painted his nails. He got 18 rebounds a game and whatever else, and that's Rick Mahorn, Isaiah, Kelly Trapuka, any of them. Ask Michael Jordan, did he give a fuck whether Dennis Rodman painted his nails or not? No. Okay, so stop it. And, it, People, and look in locker rooms now. All of these, you know, uh, folks who think they can legislate how kid. Look in the NFL locker rooms now. There are some painted nails in those locker rooms, and nobody's thinking anything of it. Hey, listen, Eric. When I when I go to in the morning to go get my my Dunkin' Donuts, I'm not doing an ad for Dunkin'. But there's young people in there that are working, and the the one guy that works the drive through every two days, he's got a different nail combination of nail. Like, listen, we're a little bit older and it doesn't necessarily fit into like how we grew up, but just roll with the time. But it actually does. It actually does. So folks my age, folks our age, or folks a little younger than us, stop and look around and think back. Reflect back on all the shit that you saw or did. Like everybody, oh, these kids with these tattoos, I don't know what to do. Well, fucking tattoos have been around since the 60s, the 50s, since ink was being able to put on on people. So uh, because it's mainstream and the human beings are not one monolith, they're not one style, whether or not you're black, you're white, you're eight, whatever you are, they don't all fit in one category. But you know what? They play sports and that's all that matters. Like their teammates only care about them playing sports. They're not going to look at you and like, oh, I don't want you as my teammate. You got painted nails. Yeah, oh, you're un- undraftable because oh, he paints his nails. Your mom, your mom still makes your bed. Well, I got a problem with that, but that's a whole yeah. other thing. That's a that's a mom and son thing. My house, I had to make my bed at twenty something. But, um, but I, ain't nobody gonna kill you for that. Like, stop, folks. You're jealous. That's what it is. That's it. That's stupid. All right. Anything else to get right, off your that's chest? All I got, man. No, right, that's we'll, it. We're that's gonna it. pre. Oh wait, folks. Send me your offensive linemen, your defensive linemen, your edge rushers, and your cornerbacks, because that's what's going to make your team better. Um, we know who the top three quarterbacks are. We don't know where the Giants are going to be picking, but we know what they should be picking. Yeah, we might not even know who the top three are, because sometimes at this point in the year, compared to when you get to the draft, the evaluations of the players changed. Nobody had Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Nobody had him as a top five pick yeah. a year ago at this time. So speaking of unhealthy, he's out. He is. Uh, we will be back later in the week because we're going to do uh, we'll give you a nice little breakdown preview of the Washington game. And there will be a pathway to victory. There'll be numerous pathways to victory. Yeah. Uh, in, in the game yeah. 
because the talent level is not the gap between them and, you know, like the Giants and Dallas and the Giants and Eagles is not nearly as great, which is why the Giants have beaten Washington a zillion times in the last 10 years. So how do we yeah. like to end it? Tell a friend and tell a friend. Believe, Believe in, in Giants. Giants. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.